This is Ain Yaakov. We are on page Reish Yud Tes, and uh, we are in the middle of entry Samach. It's a very long entry, so we broke it up. And we're at Amar Rav Yesef. What we've been discussing up until now is the same fundamental question. We have a woman who drinks the poison water. She drinks the Saita water. And it's not really poison water. The Gemara is very clear it's not poison water. It's fine if she didn't do anything wrong. But for her it is. We have a woman here who committed adultery. This water is supposed to kill her. She drinks it and she doesn't die. Sometimes she doesn't die for three years. We want to know what schus she had that would be tail of a maimamarim. Why in some cases does she not die immediately after drinking it if she is guilty? And what we've answered is that we don't really know. Up until now we've gone back and forth. We've said maybe it's the schos of Torah, and then we said can't be schos Torah because she doesn't have a mitzvah to learn Torah, and when you do something that you're not commanded to do, you just don't get that much reward for it. We said it can't be schos mitzvah, that's what we discussed at length yesterday, because a mitzvah is called a ner, and the Torah is called an ur, and mitzvah only provides a little bit of light relative to the incredible light of the Torah, so mitzvahs also just don't give you enough schos to protect from death. So where exactly is she getting this protection from? We left it as an open question. Tonight, we are going to answer it with God's help. Of course, Amar of Yosef, he says, Mitzvah, we're just breaking down when mitzvahs protect and when Torah protects. Mitzvah, Bidna de Asikba, Magno Matzla, Bidna de Asikba, Agnuni Magna Atsuli Le Matzla. How does this work? It says a mitzvah when you're in the middle of doing a mitzvah. So let's give examples to ground this. I'm in the middle of shaking Lulav. So in the middle of shaking Lulav, at that moment, it's Magno Matzla. That means that it'll protect me from damage. I won't get hurt while I'm shaking the Lulav. Umatzla, I'm not going to have a Yitzhahara when I'm shaking the Lulav. The two major problems of, of, of physical and spiritual harm, I'm immune in the moment of doing it. Let's say that I stop doing the mitzvah. I put down the lulav and I go to have some, uh, some cake inside the sukkah. Well, that's a mitzvah too. I go to, have a, I go to do something else, something that's not a mitzvah. At that point, I will still be physically protected in the schus of the mitzvah that I did. I'm still physically protected. My yitzahara can come back in full force. So it sounds like a mitzvah is enough to protect me from some bodily harm, but long-term doesn't give me any protection from spiritual harm. Tera, tera is a little bit different. Whether or not I'm doing it right now, Magno Matzla. So the Torah that you learn tonight will protect you right now from physical harm, will also protect you right now from the Sahara, and tomorrow it'll also help. It continues to help even when you're not using it anymore. That's Rav Yesef's opinion. So the summary of Rav opinion is, is that while you're doing a mitzvah, it protects you from Gashmias and Ruchnias problems. When you're not doing it, it only protects you from Gashmias problems. And the summary of Rav Yesef's position on Torah is that even when you're not learning Torah, it protects you from both. Maskev Rav, Rav disagrees. And he says, I can give you a lot of stories where this doesn't pan out. Rav gives two. I believe the Gemara in Sanhedrin says that they were Chavre Sanhedrin. I believe they sat on the Sanhedrin. My memory is not great on this, and I didn't look it up, so I'm scared to say it. But in any event, they were big Torah scholars, that's for sure. Big, big Tamadei Chacham. And nonetheless, they ended up, uh, they ended up having problems with the Yetzirah. They ended up rebelling against David HaMelech. I mean, we, we, have, uh, we have situations where Torah scholars end up having Yetzirah problems after studying Torah. Uh, I... I, 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 I I think that that suffices. We, we, we trust that's a thing. Some people learn Torah, and they're not saved from the Yetzirah forever. Ela Amarav, so Rav has a different opinion. He says, Torah, when it comes to Torah, bidna asigba magno matzah. When you're learning Torah, you're not going to have Gashmias problems or Rochnias problems. No physical harm will befall you, nor will the Yetzirah get you. Bidna asigba, when you're not studying Torah, agnu magna, it does protect from physical harm. That is, Torah scholars enjoy some, some special protection from damage, physical damage, but they get a Yetzirah as soon as they stop studying. They leave the base medrash, and it jumps on them again, like it 
can have, like it was before. Or maybe a little bit less, but still, it's there. Mitzvah. Mitzvahs are different. Bedmin did the asikba, bedmin did the asikba, agna magna, atzalimatza. Mitzvahs, whether you're doing them right now or not, they always have the same rule. And that is that they will always protect from physical harm and they will never protect from the Yetzirah. So Rava has a different opinion than Rav Yasef. Rava would tell you that the Torah protects and saves, that is, the Torah protects from physical harm and saves from spiritual harm while you're doing it. And after doing it, it only protects from physical harm. And mitzvahs will protect from physical harm always, and will never protect from the Yetzirah. That's Rava's position. Uh, there's a Ma'aral on this that's really interesting that explains why there's a split like this between Gashmiistic protection and Ruchniistic protection. The Ma'aral says that mitzvahs are Gashmias. We do them with Tvarim Gashmiyim. Since we do them with physical things and we have to do them in time and space and in a place, they're going to fall under the rules of time and space. So since they are Gashmias, they fall under Zman and therefore they are limited by Zman because a mitzvah is tied to time. That means when I'm not doing it, that's a time at which I'm not doing the mitzvah. Mitzvahs are time-bound at least to some degree, they're, time, they're in time and space, and therefore, at the moment that I'm not doing it, I don't get a lot of protection, whereas Torah transcends time and space. Torah is ruchniistic fundamentally, so it should protect even if I'm not doing it right now. That is the conclusion that Rava has here, which is that Torah is going to protect us on both fronts, even when we're not doing it, according to the Maral, because it is, uh, it is sikhless. It transcends, uh, it transcends physicality. It's intellectual. Intellectualism, seichel, is not in time and space. At least that's not how Rambam sees it. Rambam puts seichel above time and space, as I understand it. In any event, it's not, a, it's not bound by time and space space, and therefore it's not bound by the rules of are you studying it right now or not. That's the Maharal, yes. Huh? Rava. Rava says that when you're studying Torah, uh, even when you're not studying Torah, you're going to get full protection. That's Rava's shita. Rava says, Torah bitna da asikba magna matzah bitna asikba agna matzah. Excuse me, you're right, you're right, you're right. Um, you're right, you're right. I was thinking of, I guess that's Raviyasif's, right? That's Raviyasif's position. Yes, that's Raviyasif's position. Sorry. Correct. Raviyasif's position is that the Torah protects you at all times. Yes. Okay, the Maharal is explaining Rav Yosef. Right, right. The Maharal is within Rav Yosef. Um, incidentally, this was the, uh, this was the motivation for Mivtza Terah, at least one of the major motivations for Mivtza Terah. In Teres Menachem, volume 76, page 231, where the Rebbe introduces Mivtza Terah, or a little bit after that, but it's where he mentions it, he says this, The Mivtza Terah, the mission of Terah, is that every person, every single Jewish person, should learn Terah as much as possible. At least a couple minutes every day, you know, 15 minutes, uh, because Terah will both physically protect and spiritually protect. So the Rebbe wrote into the reasoning for Mivtzatera, this Gemara of Magno Matzla, which seems to be the conclusion of Rav Yesef, not the conclusion of Rava, correct? What was Mivtzatera? Huh? The Rebbe says that people should learn with whatever spare time they have. That's Mivtzatera. But it is one of the Mivtzatera of the Rebbe, formal Mivtzatera. But do you need that, that people should be worried about their... Huh? You're asking people if... Should it be like... There's no Mr. Tadab, but why was there Mr. for... I don't know. There's also Mivtzatera. But that was to go out. Ah, you're saying as far as outreach goes. I think part of Mivtza Terah was spreading Terah, arranging Shira, making sure other people learn Terah who aren't learning Terah yet. So I think there was an outreach component to all of the Mivtzaim, probably. I think there's an outreach component to all of the Mivtzaim. In any event, continuing here, let's just do Ravina, and then I'm going to show you that cool Alter Rebbe letter that I promised you. Ravina says the following. This is the Maskan of the Gemara. We've been working on this now all week, is why are women protected? They don't seem to have Schos Terah. They don't seem to have Schos Mitzvah. What are they protected by? Ravina Amar, he says, don't forget, Ravina Ravashi finished up the Gemara, so when you see them, there usually is the bottom line. Ravina Amar, Leilam Schos Terah. It is Schos Terah. Women, women, uh, women who commit adultery, and they don't die immediately from drinking the Mei Seita, it's because they had the merit of Terah to protect them. Udekamarta, you said 
said earlier, wait a second, they're not commanded to study Torah. How's it going to protect them? It's true that they are not commanded. The merit of the fact that they uh, wait for their, that they accompany their children, that they wait for their husbands to come home from studying in the base medrash. They facilitate the learning of their children and their husbands. Should they not get some of that reward? Should they not split that reward with them? So the answer is that women who facilitate the Torah learning of their husbands and their children will end up getting the equal share of the Torah learning that their husbands did. That's the Pashtus of this Gemara. And since they get the equal share, that means they're also getting the share of a Mitzvah of Esa. So when a woman facilitates a man's learning, she is going to get the same share of the learning that he would have gotten, and that will be enough to protect her. Uh, I just want to note that this is brought down Lehalachetz and Hilchas Tamatera from the Alter Rebbe. He says in the following Lushan in Hebrew, nice and clear, Shimhaya Ezeres Gufa, that if a woman helps her children, I think this is probably her son, or her husband, Begufa Maida, with her body, with her energy, Shiasik Bateras, that they will be able to study Torah, she splits the schar with them, splits the reward. And her reward is actually greater. Why? I cut off the line, so I don't know why it's greater. That's annoying. <laughs> I cut off the line. I would have to look it up in Hilchas Tamatera. It's a shame. Anyway, her, her reward is greater, and in my notes, the line is cut off, and I have not yet memorized Hilchas Tamatera. Maybe Achlata for this year. I apologize. The thing I really want to show you that I'm so excited about, and with that, we're going to conclude tonight, is this incredible letter from the Alta Let me just make it a little bigger so I don't have to strain my poor eyes. Here we go. Okay, somebody wrote to the Alter Rebbe. This is in, Igris, uh, in the Igris Kedish of the Alter Rebbe. It's uh, Igeris Kuf Chaf Dalet. And someone wrote to the Alter Rebbe saying they've done a horrible Avera. I looked. I wanted to know the Avera. I always want to know the Avera. <laughs> sometimes it's like a surprisingly not horrible Avera. And sometimes it's a surprisingly horrible Avera. You know, I always try to find what the Avera is. Um, and only sometimes is it recorded. Unfortunately, uh, I did my digging. Uh, I didn't find it. If anybody listening at home or here happens to uh, do the do the legwork afterwards and discover the Avera, please share the juicy gossip with me about this person's Avera. In any event, uh, somebody did an Avera and wrote to the Altarebbe for a tikkun. By the way, this is not a chassidish thing, I just want to say. It's already brought in major halachas farim. This is a halacha, a normative halacha, that when somebody does a substantially large Avera, they're supposed to go to a chacham and ask for a, t- a tikkun. So this is not really something that Kabbalah or Chassidus invented. This is an old idea. So somebody wrote to the Altarebbe asking for a tikkun for a certain Avera, and Litzari Agadol, I do not know what the Avera was. The, Rebbe, the Altarebbe writes back, Why did this happen to you? I can tell you why this happened. I know why you were nichshol in this particular Avera. It's because you were not uh, enthusiastic, you, uh, you, you were lax, uh, weakening of your hands. You were lax. Rifayin huh? yadayin. Weakening of the hands. It was you were you were uh, you were lax. You were lax about your study of Torah, Mesa Torah. Why do I know that? That's why the Avera came. Yes, our Gemara, right? Kihi magno matzla. The Torah is magno matzla. That means the Torah protects from physical harm and spiritual harm. Even when you're not studying it. Rav Yosef Shita, also the one explained by the Maharal. Seems that the Rebbe is bringing this very practically and saying that had you been studying Torah properly, you wouldn't have had that Yetzirah. You wouldn't have been nichshal in this. People are nichshal, says the Alter Rebbe. At least in this case, this person was nichshal because of a lack of Torah study. And this bears out in a lot of Igris and in a lot of places that at least one of the places to look first when we're suddenly challenged by Yetzirahs or suddenly nichshal neveras, Rahman al-Litzlan, one of the places to look first is at our stardom. Because in a lot of cases, it, it, starts from the, it starts from a lack of Torah. Because Torah does protect from a Yetzahara. Now, the Alter Rebbe adds, this part is not really shaykh to us, but it's the part that I find so interesting. That I just love. He says, you're also going to have to afflict yourself a little bit. This must have been an early letter. When we see each other in person, I'll explain how you're going to have to make yourself suffer. He doesn't say there. Um, this is not that early a letter, because he signs his name as Ben Baruch Zech Levracha. So it was after his father passed. But 
but uh, he was, oh, I, at this point, he's still giving Sigufim advice, which uh, I think is against Shittas Tanya, probably. So uh, I'm not sure how that evolved. Anyway, Ve'iker. The main ikker, if you really want to know how to get around your Yetzirah once and for all, the Altadab is a piece of advice I have found nowhere else in Chassidus, I've found nowhere else in Musar, I've never found this anywhere. Now, a several times in Shurim I've said that only to find that everybody in the room but me knew it. Some things in Chabad are so popular that in like the Cheder when you're young you hear these great stories and I think I've discovered them. <laughs> so, uh, so sometimes, please, if you all know it, then, uh, then just, just try, to, try to share my enthusiasm of finding something for the first time. And he says, the following is the cure for the Yetzirah. Ready? He says, fulfill Shavisi Hashem the Negdi Summit. That's not the wow part. That's an all, this far all over the place. To picture God in front of your eyes at all times. Shavisi Hashem the Negdi Summit. God is standing in front of me at all times. Look how he reads it. Perush. Shemid le Negdi le Balani hua Yetzirah. What's Negdi? Shavisi Hashem the Negdi Summit. Negdi means against me. God is standing against me at all times. God is trying to, God's trying to trip me up. God's my enemy at all times. He's negdi. He says, so who's the negdi? Negdi's not God. That's the Yetzahara. Hashem is close to me. He's hugging me. He says, he's near me. He's not negdi. The Yetzahara is negdi. Meis Hashem ukein. Ah, but that's from God. Who's the one putting the Yetzahara negdi? That's Hashem. So when I have a Yetzahara, when I feel a neged, when I feel a minaged in my life, that minaged in my life is havaya. Shvisi havaya negdi. Find the negdi and call it havaya because who sent him? Who sent the Yetzirah? This is what God commanded. God sent the Yetzirah to test me, to see what's in my heart, whether I'm going to keep mitzvahs or not. When a person makes themselves regular, when a person regularly thinks about this idea, that they think that every time the Yetzirah puts a thought in their head, that's directly from God. The Negdi isn't Negdi. The Menaged is not a Menaged. The Menaged is really Hashem telling the Yetzirah, challenge this person in order to test them. That takes all the wind out of the sails of the Yetzahara. It just isn't Geshmak anymore when you realize that it's, a, that it's rigged. When you realize this isn't a real Yetzahara, this is God testing you and telling the Yetzahara, hey, go, try, go test this guy. It makes the Yetzahara less Geshmak. There's, no the, there's no joy in it if you know you're being tested. There's no joy in it if you know that, it's, that this is God standing there wearing Yetzahara's clothes. It's just, it's, it's not enjoyable anymore. It says, This weakens the power of the Yetzirah. It'll be very easy to have a victory against the Yetzirah when you get yourself used to reminding yourself that the challenges you're facing are from God, and that not just that they're from God, but that God is actively the one sending you the challenges. When we see each other face to face, we will discuss this. This incredible, you say, that comes out from the Alter Rebbe is that there is another way to understand why Shavisi Hashem Lenegdi Samid is a cure for the Yetzirah. Shavisi Hashem the Negdi Summit is a cure for the Yetzirah because it reminds us that the Negdi that I'm experiencing is Hashem. Hashem himself is the Negdi, that he showed up specifically to test me, that it's all one big game. I don't really have this Yetzirah. I don't, I don't really have this Yetzirah. It's not really there. God showed up in the costume of Yetzirah just to see whether I was going to keep mitzvahs or not. And when you remind, when you're Yargobazah, you, you, you train your mind to think about this all the time, it just takes all the Gishmak out of the Yetzirah. It's just not fun anymore. What could be fun about, about God wearing the Yetzirah's clothes? I don't have taivas. Hashem sometimes shows up wearing tivas to see what I'm going to do. That's Shivisi Avayel and Negdi Summit, according to the Altarev. I've never seen anything like that before. It's wild, wild stuff. Okay, thank you all very much.